Welcome to the 24-7 Marriage Podcast. This is Javier. I'm Shannon. If you hear a little pitter-patter... Wow, that's it? Just I'm Shannon? You just said you're Javier. <laughs> okay. Do you... Go ahead. My pronouns are I Shannon. am amazing, which is okay. three. <laughs> um, if you hear pitter-patter, it's because it's raining on the marriage lab, which I think would sound really pretty in the background. <laughs> We'll have to. I'll have to listen to the playback and see what it sounds like. I hope your uh, week has started off well. We are um, actually currently Marriage Lab is still currently in um, Arizona, and then we are headed. Uh, so if you don't know, like the Marriage Lab is going to be on the move. So we are actually headed back to California uh, for a couple events, three events uh, for a workshop, yes. and uh, then we also have a boot camp coming up in March, which. Yes. Uh, Shane can tell you more about later at the end here, but uh, yeah, we have some uh, some things going on there, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. I'm excited. It's California. Yep. Yay! <laughs> They've had a record-breaking uh, torrential rainfall. So we're going to turn so the marriage I'm, lab into a boat, and we're going to float our way in. It's going to be called the marriage boat. Called the kind of like the kind of like the love boat. Exciting and do you know how many people are listening to our aboard. podcast who don't know the song we're that you're singing? Expecting you, <laughs> the marriage boat. Wow, that's <laughs> special. That is very very special. Uh, so go to Spotify right now and type in the Love Boat theme song. Listen to it. Go to YouTube. Watch an episode. It was a great classic of the early '80s. Um, I feel like Florence Henderson was in like every episode of she the Love Boat. People don't know who that is, so let's she just move was, on before we age she ourselves. She was the Brady mom. If you know the Brady bunch, and you do, she was Carol Brady. And she was on the love boat all the time. Moving on. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. <laughs> well, last night before we went to bed, you were a little pensive, which I said to you, and I didn't mean this in a bad way, but I said sometimes on Sundays before the beginning of a week, you tend to get a little pensive. <laughs> Stage of life, just thinking through things as you get older. And you hit milestones. Javi, how old are you going to be? I'm, I'm not talking about how old I'm going to be. No, it's coming up in like Because people look at me and they're like, there's days. no possible way you would be that old. It's ha- just not possible. With the amount of gray hair that's as in the front of your face. As young and handsome as you look, there's no way that you would be 35 years old. Oh, wow. Well, we can't be married 30 years this year and you'd be 35 years old. Well, in Spain, we get married very young. <laughs> we get married off very young. <laughs> And so it's my youthful olive complexion and skin that uh, has helped me. And um, if you would dye your beard, maybe. But I'm not going to start dyeing my beard. No, like, I don't. Seriously, I don't want you if to. You, if, but there's so just, much gray uh, there that. And if you're out there and you're dyeing your hair or your beard, just let it happen. It's just. Part, it's just. This is a joy and the season of your life where you just get to embrace those things. I like your. I like your is. salt and pepper, and it it just shows how I'm much not wisdom you have. That young guy anymore, and it's okay. I want to be. I tell everybody right now that I am uh, I am 18 with 32 years of experience. <laughs> That's what I am. <laughs> I so those of you right now tell doing anybody the math, listening, counting you can, on your fingers you what can 32 and 18 is, and that would give you 50. My birth. You're going to be 50. That's going to give you my birthday. It's coming up uh, very 50. soon here. <laughs> I'm 50 years old. Yeah. 
So, anyways, but yeah, lots of good things going on. Um, we're trying to finish another course. Um, we there's a lot of great things happening on with the with the marriage lab, and uh, after the marriage boot camp uh, in March, we're March. Yeah, we're, we're going to start making our way um, across the uh, across the mid of the U.S. and with a couple stops there, we'll tell you about them. Um, we'll have a boot camp in Tennessee, so uh, excited. and then we'll kind of see what's going on from there. Yeah. Well, we're going to release uh, fall and summer and fall boot camp dates, but we're we're just we're wait we're waiting on a few things. Uh, but super excited about the Tennessee boot camp because we have such a big following. We have a lot of people that have migrated to Tennessee, um, so I'm really excited about that boot camp. It's going to be a good time. It'll be good. Yeah. All right. What do you want to talk about, Shan? Well. We just posted this reel yesterday, and it was about complaining and criticizing. And it within an hour, it had over 12,000 views, which I'm not, this has nothing to do with tooting our own horn, because it's just you walking literally in the desert talking. So but, it's not that it's special but in it, what we recorded. But it also wasn't so much just about complaining or criticizing it was i'm getting to that i was gonna unpack it for him well i'll let you unpack all right but what i want to say is that it 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 resonates with people it hits home with a lot of people and the comments that started coming in just really gives us so much um information that i was like we need to expand on this on a podcast so unpack what the reel was about I can play it really quick and then no, you can No, that's talk. fine. That's fine. I don't want to make it about the real. I want to make it about the topic. Yeah. And so the, the you know, it was it kind of the, the premise of this, and I think we've talked about it before on our podcast is, you know, oftentimes as men, you wait, hear like, you know, why is she, why am I hearing complaints or why am I hearing criticisms or, you know, why is she coming at that me that way? And, and oftentimes like, you know, then we see the men on the other side who have retreated and have pulled back and over a period of time have become passive. Um, but it was really around the premise of like behind every criticism or complaint from our spouse is a wish or a want. So behind every criticism or complaint is a wish or a want. So when we're hearing these things, so it's challenging men, like when you hear these things, what is actually going on? What is actually being said? What are you, what are you actually hearing, right? You may mm-hmm. not know, so you may have to actually like ask the question. Not yeah. quite sure. But, but this is part of what we have to unpack and what we have to understand as men that if you're going out to the garage and you have your golf clubs in hand and you're going to put them in the back of your car because you're going to play golf again, again, the act of golf is not wrong and playing golf is not wrong. And your wife is saying, really, you're going to go play golf again? Like this is what you're going to do on the Saturday? You have to pause and that can be an argument. It can lead to a lot of frustration. You can throw them in there, slam the trunk and say, yeah, I'm going to play golf. Why can't I have fun? I had a hard week and off you go. Or... You can pause and what is really happening? Because likely what's taking place is what she's really saying is, I miss you. I want to spend time with you. We haven't hung out. We haven't had a date. I feel disconnected. And us guys are typically very oblivious to those moments. Very. Very oblivious to those moments. And so that's why we say behind that, that complaint was not the fact that she doesn't want you to play golf. It's that she desires to connect, 
to be with you. Now, could it have been unpacked differently? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But oftentimes it comes that way. But I think a big piece of this was hearing that women are feeling their men have become passive. And so oftentimes they might complain or criticize because they feel their men have become passive. Now, saying that, it's not a reason to criticize your spouse, your husband, if they've gone passive. Like you still have control over how you respond to their passivity, to their lack of engagement, or not seeing the signs of wanting to connect. Yeah. Like you still have to control how you respond. We're we're also not condoning that criticizing, complaining, and nagging are also good tactics to get your spouse to listen. And it does go both ways because good we, tactics, no. we heard from spouses in the comments that. My husband does this to me. So, you know, in that reel, you were speaking to men because typically it's the women, it's the wives in the marriage that are doing the complaining. <laughs> But we had plenty of. Do you ever complain, Shannon? Yeah. What? I'm trying to think. Oh, I'm sure that I do. I've gotten better at just asking what it is I want. Um, you're not a mind reader. Um, I don't expect you to be. I think that early on, the first five years, I expected you to be. I expect I expected you to be a wizard, and literally walk <laughs> into the room and know every Some single thing I hat. needed. And if you didn't, I berated you. I tore you down. I was horrible to you. And that is that. I would is, agree with that comment. <laughs> and that's not fair. So. We're not condoning that these are good tactics. Correct. And usually, I'm going to defend the wives really quick. Mm, okay. I am. Usually, that's not our first line of engaging with our spouse. Usually, no. there's been questions, there's been comments, there's maybe they've had discussions, and the spouse is not responding. So it feels like we're, we resort to. I'm, now I'm just going to nag, complain, and criticize because the nine other times that we've talked about this thing, you're not listening to me. So again, we're not saying that those are good and tactics. It, it, and do you feel as a, is the is that the man is not listening, or he has no idea what to do, how to engage? He heard it the first time. Doesn't know how to respond to it. Heard it the second time. Still doesn't say anything. Heard it the third time. Still retreating. And heard the first time, and now he's putting up a wall because now she's complaining and nagging about it, and now he doesn't want to do it at all or engage in that way at all. So here's my question for you, Javier, because we have over 70 comments and a lot of wives asking, "How do we get our husbands to stop being passive and listen?" How do we get them to engage? So my question to you first is, why are, why do, why do men retreat and why do they not engage? Like break it down. Like, is it, is it, I mean, uh, are they scared? Is it, they don't like dealing with confrontation. They don't want to deal with their nagging wife. Like what, what is it? Well, <laughs> could it be a couple things? I, well, yeah, and it can be a. It's a. It's a, a quite a thousand. It, things? It's quite a few things, but it's also <laughs> very dependent upon also the. Also, the man. So a lot of this is dependent upon. Even if you have an emotionally healthy man, um, they still can grow passive and they still can mm. retreat. 
and um, get to, uh, I don't know to say, yeah, passivity. And it could be rooted in, um, in childhood. It could be rooted in mm-hmm. abuse. It could be rooted in what they saw growing up, right, um, from their father. So there's a lot of places where it can be rooted, where I believe from a spiritual sense, a lot of that started back in the garden with Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. when Adam stood next to his wife stood at the eve and said nothing yeah uh, and stood there passive um and not engaging it's a little bit different because that was more about engaging and fighting for her and but this is something where um like you see a lot of men who are struggling in this area and women who don't understand so there are a lot of men who don't understand how to engage so instead of actually engaging they feel inept to um, come towards their spouse and emotionally connect. So instead of actually asking how to do it or say, I don't know how to do that well, which is a sign of like not being masculine enough, not having what it takes, um, that they actually then just retreat. Yeah. If they don't know how, then they don't engage. It frustrates the spouse then that he's not engaging. So she's going to resort over a period of time to complaining or to criticizing. And if a man feels criticized, he's going to retreat. Okay, so if a man feels dis- disrespected, mm-hmm. he's going to pull back. Okay, so my next question is, because you're a man, you have a wife. How can we as wives word things and speak to you so that you would want to engage? How do you want to be spoken to? So let me let me say this first. So there's a I don't like everything about this book, but I was trying to look. I know there was something there was something good in it, and it's <laughs> um, uh, it's a, a book by John Gray. But he said there's this time right like during dating. Um, there's this unspoken language, right? That, that women are saying, hey, we need you. Your power, your strength can bring us great fulfillment, filling a void deep within our being. Together, we could live in great happiness, like when you're dating. Mm-hmm. But this unspoken message motivated their man to become larger and more attractive during dating. But after marriage, the usual challenges set in, made worse by the nice guy tendencies to avoid conflict, which their wives appears like they're trying to avoid responsibility. This is true, though. It is not their original motivation. He no longer feels wanted and feels like a big, fat problem. He may feel this way because he's been told so. So sometimes we're saying, why is our man passive? So I would have to turn it back to the wives as well. Like, wives, what have you done to encourage him? What have you done in those areas where he may feel like he's struggling or doesn't have what it takes? What words have you spoken into his life? So if he feels like he doesn't have what it takes, if he feels like he needs to be the nice guy, not to upset you, not to rock the boat, not to um, make you angry or frustrated. So what does he do? He says nothing. He becomes passive. He doesn't engage. You're now trying to pull and draw him out by complaining and by beating him over the head with it. Why don't you do this? And why don't you do that? So he further withdraws instead of moving towards you because he may feel, I don't have what it takes in this area. Or if I do, it's going to be the wrong thing anyways. So it's on both sides. And maybe you've lost the ability to be able to communicate effectively and share where you're at. And now you've resorted to this place of criticism and complaining. Really good. I want to read. And so 
he wasn't born that way. He wasn't, you know, I mean, there are some things they struggle with maybe growing up, but they weren't born this way. They weren't born passive, right? It's not a natural personality type. And so I think how this can begin to shift and change is understanding, like, how do you move towards your man? How do you actually um, structure conversations in such a way where, like, if you're, I need a topic, like, give me something. Helping with the kids. Like, you're not helping enough with the kids. Okay, helping with the kids. So, like, how have you approached them? Or you're that? always on your Xbox. Right? Because well, <laughs> we hear that a lot. <laughs> your PS, yeah. So, how how have... So, for for wives, if that's kind of like the issue and the struggle and you've asked for help around the house, you've ha- asked for help with the kids mm-hmm. and them, whether it's baths or putting them to sleep or whatever it may be, Right. Like, how did you ask the first time? Mm, Like, I think that makes a big difference, right? Did you ultimately go to, like, you never help. You're always sitting on the couch. Mm -hmm. You get home. You don't do anything. If that's where you start, now what you're saying is, like, he's retreating and you're saying it's being passive. Like, there could be a reason why he may obviously not even see that that's where he helps because he grew up in an environment where, hey, my dad didn't do any of that kind of stuff. That's that's 100% how I acted. But that's his framework. Yeah. That may not be, I mean, that that's not an excuse, but it's maybe in what he's seen. But it the could, other piece of it mm-hmm. could be that he actually um, feels like, I don't know how to do that well. I don't know how to engage. Or I like, I am, don't know that I, I feel like I can't connect with my kids or mm. there may be some other issues going yeah. on. But what happens is it's not so, you, you didn't invite him into a conversation. Like, hey, hun, like, it would really be a helpful to me. Mm-hmm. And I know, I can't imagine how tired you are. You just got home from work. Mm-hmm. Like, would you be able to help me with the kids a little bit and put them down? Like, I just need you to do this, this, and this. Oh, sure, I can do that. Mm-hmm. But what happens is when you come to them and you you're just You're already say, frustrated. You're already, yeah. yeah, you never do this. And you're using yeah. words like you always and you never. What happens is he's going to retreat. And eventually over a period of time, you're saying he's passive when in reality, he feels like I'm not going to ever win. Yeah. And, the th- and to speak to most women is that we've been milling over in our mind this conversation with our spouse because they're not mind readers. So by the time we actually say the first thing to our spouse, it's already laced with arsenic because we've been milling over it in our minds where our spouse probably, they haven't been thinking about, gosh, I I really want to step up and help my wife more around the house. Now, there are some men out there who do think of those things, but for the most part, they're not thinking of ways to actively like, how can I be better? How can I do more? Like, that's awesome. But they're not thinking of those things. But us as women, we are. But I wanted to, I wanted you to read this. Yeah, I'll read that. But there's, to to that too, there's also like, we want nice guys. Like, I want a nice guy. Or where's that Christian nice guy? Is that really what you want though? No, that's what people, I think there are people who say that. They want this Christian nice guy. What is a Christian (laughs) nice guy? I don't get that. And so what happens is they feel that they can't even operate in their masculinity sometimes, in their strength, um, because you want this nice guy. And he's like, what does that mean for me to be that? Like, what does it mean for me to be that nice guy? Right? And so- like oftentimes when when men are like faced with challenges, conflicts, like uncertainties, all this stuff, they also can we can also go into like this holding pattern. You said I am pensive on Mondays, probably so because I go into this holding pattern about life and decisions and things that I have to do and responsibilities, and so 
I am sometimes also waiting, like, who is going to make that decision? Who can rescue me from that? And so there are some spouses who are saying, like, like, they're used to being, men who are used to being rescued or used to somebody coming in with the answer, or mom used to do that growing up. And so oftentimes they're waiting, right, because they don't know. Maybe they're leaning on you for mm-hmm. your wisdom and discernment as a wife, and your name is on their rescue boat, but you're coming in with an oar and a paddle and hitting them over the head with it. Mm. And they're like, I, I needed help and support right now mm. because I'm That's weak good. in this area. That's good. And so you're saying it's passivity, and he's saying, I'm weak in this area. I don't feel I have what it takes. You're coming at me. So you haven't paused or recognized where is he coming from? Yeah. You know, and husbands need to do the same thing with their wives. Like, where are they coming from in all of this? This this woman, Julie Brewer, who commented, um, is actually the most beautiful thing I've ever written, I've ever read. Um, and I wanted you to read her, her comment about the uh, complaining and criticism because she's now divorced after 20 years and her reflections on what she could have done differently is beautiful. So she said, this is good. My now ex-husband of 20 years, he left us. Often said, I criticize, I complained. However, he was very passive by his own admission. And I was doing basically everything in the marriage, even planning the very few dates we went on. There there was also abuse in the marriage with me constantly prodding him and us to get help, get healthy. Criticism and complaining come from a place of hurt. Hurting people hurt people. Then men withdraw and a vicious cycle begins. If I had a do-over, I would have exercised more self-control and taken most of my concerns to God and waited and loved my spouse where he was. However, obviously not tolerating abuse and handling those situations with appropriate action if necessary. Men want to be admired and respected, and the more women voice this, the more they want to do to please us. Even if it is a little thing, find something to be thankful for and use that as a stepping stone. See if you can go a week without saying anything negative and take your complaints to Jesus and let the Holy Spirit change your husband. We cannot and are not meant to change people. We can only love them where they are and show them the love of Jesus. Now, I would tell you that's exactly right. Like what she recognized that she would poke and she would prod and she would move. Yeah. That he, by his own admission, recognized that he was being passive. And she recognized how she approached him caused a lot of those things as well. So if a man, desire, if a man desires to be respected, that's his highest need. And for women, it's love. love. When you don't give that respect, he's going to retreat. retreat. Mm-hmm. Men actually like approval mm-hmm. and validation. Words of affirmation. And words of affirmation, mm-hmm. right? It may not be their highest lo- love language, but we do need it. Javi, what do you always tell people? I've said on here before, I'll climb a mountain of razor blades just to hear Shan say, like, you're the man or you have what it takes. So um, I don't know if I really would do that, but <laughs> <laughs> we were watching a movie the other day. I and know. And these women had the women king. They had to run through those thorny they had to bushes. Run through, like, these huge thorns. I mean, vicious thorns. Kind of like a Spartan race type thing. And they put them in there. They're all dry, and they have to run through them to get to the other side. Oh. And they're like embedded. It, in, I don't, okay, so probably I wouldn't do that for your affirmation. Sorry, I'd go around it. <laughs> Just to be honest, Javi's like, I'll climb to the top of a ladder yes. to hear you say. So. You're hearing from somebody who's married 20 years and experienced this, that um, how you approach them, 
how you pray for your spouse,、mm-hmm. how you engage with them, the words them. that you use, the words of affirmation that you use, the validation. If men don't feel approval, they will seek it somewhere else. Sadly.、Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they're going to seek it in another woman. They'll seek it in their job, in food. They'll get their validation there. They'll、porn. get it from somewhere else.、Mm-hmm. They will seek it somewhere else、yeah. to find the strength. And and even that whole thing with porn, like we think it's like oh because they're they're they 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 not attracted to me. They want no. no they're actually to trying to seek control, value, validation in a false sense, right? Because ultimately it's lying to them.、Um, So this place of passive men, again, they have to take responsibility for that. But it does, yeah. There's a lot of it around, like how you actually approach、yeah. and how the women. I、engages. think I would love to leave everybody with the challenge that she said right at the end of her comment, which was try going a whole week without complaining to your spouse and find one good thing and praise them for that and see if that doesn't start to change and shift the trajectory of your marriage. Yeah, and I'll leave you with this: is like this is a good thing that. All the stuff that you're faced with, all the stuff that、uh, you're saying your man's faced with, or that you as a, as a spouse, a woman, like these forces pale when compared to the power a good woman has in the life of an average man. Like no other person possesses your potential to help him move in a better direction. When you use this strength rightly and justly, you can create an environment like no other. So you have the ability, wives. To be able to help your draw your husband out, and to move him from a husband who's been passive to a husband who's engaged and who is moving towards you,、um, and husbands, you have that right that responsibility also with your spouses, with your wife, husbands to move towards your spouse in a way that enables them to fully be who God called them to be. By loving them, and a lot of this stop is by you both stopping and recognizing. Where you're at, where you've come from, what's impacting your story, your your conversations, your interactions, like all of that. Yeah, that was good. Let me tell you about boot camp really quick. Tell her, tell them about boot camp as、Chen. we wrap up. Listen, we have released our two boot camp dates, March third through the fifth, in Northern California. No, Central Coast, California. Central Coast. It's on the coast. But、It's、if you、incredible. live in any part of California, you can get there. I believe you can get there. We only、uh, allow ten couples to register, so registration fills up fast. Click the link in our bio on this podcast, and you will see. Join a boot camp.、Yeah. Sign up. You can read more about it. We also have one in Tennessee, April twenty eighth through the thirtieth. It is a Friday through Sunday, three day, two night intensive. And I'm telling you, by Sunday morning, you are going to see such a marked difference in your marriage. So、yeah. let us help you hit the reset、yeah. button. And and so you know our bootcamps we don't we don't say like you leave here like it is up to you、mm-hmm. the change that happens the、yeah. uh, the work that you do it is not based upon us in any way shape or form,、um, but why do we do it small? Because we get to spend time couples. We have other couples that come up there who work with us, who are there to help and support as well. And so we get to spend that time,、um, and it's a smaller environment where it enables you to be more open.、Um, yeah. And don't be afraid of it. We have men who have gone up there who did not want to be there,、Arms、who leave、folded. there in in tears. <laughs>、um, yeah. Who leave there saying this is one of the best things that we've ever done. Yeah. And it's not like. 
it's not because of us. It's because they, you know, they, they experience something that they would not have been able to get anywhere else because you got to get out of your environment you got to get out of Have like where you're to, yes. at. You going, showing up to a hotel room for, you know, or a conference couple room hours. for a couple hours. That's great. It's a shot in the arm, but yep. you, you need to go deeper. Yep. Hey, and it was, hey, always remember in marriage, you don't have to. You get to. Have an amazing week. We'll talk to you soon. For listening to the 24-7 Marriage Podcast, help us expand our reach by rating and leaving us a review on iTunes. Make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. For more information on the work we do and how to support 24-7 Marriage, head on over to 247marriage.org and click on Partner With Us. Until next week, remember, in marriage you don't have to, you get to.